It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galanti along with Thomas Frank Carr. T. Frank, we've been talking about this Penn State defense going into the 2022 season, but before we pick up that conversation, just a reminder, we had the announcement last week that the Penn State-Auburn game will be a 3.30 start. Great time to remind you that in partnership with Collegiate Athletic Travel, Keystone Sports Network offering you the opportunity to travel to that Auburn-Penn State game charter flight out of Harrisburg, get a chance to stay at the team hotel, transport to and from the game, a great tailgate party at the stadium, everything you want in traveling to an away game following your Nittany Lions. For more information, you just go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414. Hope you can make the trip with us. It's going to be a great time. Both Dustin and I will be there on the trip. And I can tell you, we can't wait for it. All right, T. Frank, we're talking about this Penn State defense going into the 22 season. Lost a lot of talent to the NFL draft. A lot of talent coming back. We made it through one of the position groups, the safeties, in quarter number one. Let's see if we could pick up the pace a little bit and get through (laughs) it. Let's finish up with the the defensive backs. I think they're going to be as good. Good, even losing Tariq Castro Fields, you have Joey Porter Jr. returning, and I'm assuming Kalen Kings takes over on the other side. That's a pretty good way to start the cornerback room, not to mention Daquan Hardy as your uh, slot cornerback. Yeah, and Johnny Dixon, Marquise Wilson as the backups, too. You know, Marquise Wilson as a freshman in 2019 made a name for himself as a turnover machine. And then, you know, some of the situations and issues that came up last season where they moved him around on the offense, moving him back to defense, uh, that depth at that position is very good. Uh, And you always have the opportunity, and this is where I think fans get excited and then they always project the positive. Or if you're negative, I've actually found more negative fans lately uh, as I delve deeper into the internet and I mine more and more content from people uh, on on message boards and and, and Twitter and places like that, um, that you assume the positive. You just assume Kalen King, when I say he's got NFL-level ability, then he's going to be that good. Like, there's a lot of other things that go into that. There's a lot of, there's a million other factors. Humans are very curious, complex creatures. They do not follow a linear path in almost anything. So uh, he has the potential to be better than Tariq Castro-Fields. And that's the question is, is he going to at least produce the same level as Castro-Fields? Or will be there be more highs and lows? Will he not live up to expectations? I, I typically assume the positive, that I've seen good from him. I've seen some mental mistakes. I'm going to see some really good plays and some mental mistakes. That's kind of what I'm expecting. But on the aggregate, that'll get better over time. And the secondary coaches at Penn State are pretty good. I think that's that's clear. So uh, those guys in this system should be uh, should take a step forward. I can see Joey Porter Jr. being the guy leading the team in interceptions as much as I can see uh, Jair Brown. Just because of the way 
that you can afford opportunities to players in this scheme to get their hands on the ball if everything comes together. And there's no doubt Joey Porter Jr. has all the physical tools. He has that great length. And to be honest with you, just from my perspective, Tariq Castro-Fields, I don't know if it was because he was nicked up a bit last year. As often as not, if there was a mistake made in the secondary, it felt like it was Tariq Castro-Fields. So yeah. I'm actually feeling like uh, Kalen King will give us as much as we saw from Tariq Castro-Fields. Let's move, T. Frank, to the linebacker position. Candidly, this is the position I'm most concerned about. They lost two of three starters. The one returning starter, Curtis Jacobs, is changing positions within the linebacker room. And for that third starter, you're reaching into the safety room and bringing in Jonathan Sutherland. A lot going on at linebacker. So I I don't look at Jonathan Sutherland as a linebacker, even though he's a linebacker, and I look at Jonathan Sutherland as a linebacker. If that makes any sense whatsoever, which it doesn't, because it doesn't make sense when I think about it. Uh, really, so I, I always call that position that Sutherland is playing the 11th defender. It is its own thing, uh, because you can play about three or four different positions in that spot, and however you want to make your defense whole, that's how you go about it. Now, uh, Penn State has had luck getting players like um, all the way back to Cam Brown to play that position and play well, that are linebackers, all the way to Curtis Jacobs. Now they're just in a different philosophy of instead of a safety-like linebacker, uh, a linebacker that is like a safety, now we're going to go with a safety that's like a linebacker. We'll see. I'm not overly positive about it, but I'm also not considering that a part of the linebacker core. What I'm looking at as the linebackers are the the Mike and the Will, the guys that play in the box, the guys that play traditional run defense. And in that case, you just need to have two. You know, you injuries are a thing and they're real, but Curtis Jacobs is a very smart football player. He's a very good football player, um, and I, I think he's going to have success this year. Is he going to be Micah Parsons? I don't know. Uh, and I don't want to downplay the linebacker position because the last time I did that, heading into the 2020 season, I said, if you're going to lose anybody and you're going to lose any position, the least effective positions on the game overall are linebacker and running back. Uh, maybe guard, right? Maybe guard. But losing Micah Parsons and Journey Brown, if the rest of your team is very good, you can absorb those losses seeing as you have Noah Kane and all those other guys. I was very wrong. I was very wrong about that. Micah Parsons maybe breaks the mold because he's more than just a linebacker, but um, not having solid linebacker play is an issue. You just don't... This is going to be sacrosanct. This is going to be sacrilegious. But, like, if you want to be an anything you, linebacker you is, is great in the 90s. It is less of a thing now, less important to the overall health of your defense than if you're cornerback you or defensive end you or any other position on the defense. So if you have good linebackers, then you're great. If you have elite linebackers, you might have a complete defense because it's just the hardest position to do well in modern football. But if you're not quite up to par, that's the position you want the case to be. You're right, T. Frank. It is sacrilegious at, at I know. linebacker you to say that. But right. you're T. Frank. We... We listen to what you have to say, so you just now, that, change the hearts and minds of all the Penn State fans. That being said, 
uh, middle linebacker, you need a guy. You need to have a guy that can run the defense, and that can get everyone in position and make sure that you're eliminating mental mistakes, which is a huge part of playing average football. Which sounds like an insult, but average football at the Power Five level is really good football. And and if you can achieve that from, let's say it's Tyler Elsden who has his deficiencies, or if it's Kobe King who has his question marks, then you've I think elevate that position above what most people would expect out of it, which is that they're not they're going to struggle at that position. So it's a new defense, it's a new Mike linebacker. That's where the linebacker issue is to me, is because that position could result in some issues in one way or another. Uh, but I think Will is pretty good. Um, Curtis Jacobs is is a very talented football player, and I think he can use his speed and physicality to be a very good linebacker. Using Manny Diaz's quote that the best coverage is a good rush. I've gotten but... so much mileage out of that question. I have I have built the whole offseason on asking that question. It is, it is the, the most dividends I've ever gotten out of one quote. <laughs> well, hey, let's milk it for all it's worth, T-Frag. Let's so, do it. Yeah. Let's start with the defensive ends. Yep. A year ago... Nobody had heard of Arnold Ibakiti, some guy coming in from Temple. You know, how good could he be? Well, we found out right from the start, right from the very first game, he's, yeah. he's pretty darn good. And now what do we do at defensive end when he's gone, the other defense, starting defensive end is gone? Where do we sit now with those defensive ends when you have a coordinator who's saying, Getting to the quarterback is the key to his defense. Yeah. Um, so this is this is where I struggle because um, you know we've talked about this before on the show. Uh, I was I was raised in the PFF theology of football, so coverage is more important than pass rush. But at the college football level, you can have singular talents that change the, the game because the disparity in talent is so great. Arnold Ebikidi, and I've said this a couple times, but I will say it without qualification, is the best pure pass rusher that Penn State has had under James Franklin. Better than Micah Parsons, because he did it more, and he was asked to do it by himself. So, And he was he was effective at it in almost every single game he came through. He almost won the Michigan game for Penn State with that sack fumble and recovery. The offense just didn't, they didn't follow through on it so losing that is the biggest thing in this defense even with losing Jaquan Brisker who I think is the best defensive back I've seen at Penn State so that is uh, that's where I struggle of which one is going to be a bigger loss but I think the drop-off in talent is huge after Abikiti because you've gone from the highest of highs now you have a question mark about what's next and what's next is Adisa Isaac and then two freshmen uh, you know I guess a, a sophomore in Damian Robinson, who's transferring in, and deny Dennis Sutton. And those are the pass-rushing options. The other guys on the roster did not show me anything in spring football to make me think that they have turned the corner. You lose Zariah Fisher, and you have Nick Tarburton as your solid, dependable, be a part of the game plan, execute his assignment, don't make mistakes, but not anybody that's going to get to the quarterback. So you have three options. All of them, to me, are unproven. So that's the biggest question mark on this defense. Let's real quickly get to the tackle position. Hopefully, P.J. Mustafer will come back healthy. What do you see at defensive tackle? 
So this is a part where the last time I watched the tape, I was like, oh, they're doing something completely different than last year, is what it seemed. And I have to do some more digging and, and watch some more. But it seems like they're going back to more of, instead of a one, we talked about the 2i last offseason. I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think they're playing defensive tackles, and everyone's getting upfield. Everyone's 300 pounds. Everyone's attacking. I also think it's why, you know, you look at Cole uh, Brevard as the one guy that transferred his 330-pound nose tackle. So now they're going to quickness, penetration, aggressiveness, multifaceted players to play on either side, either one tech or three tech. So they've got the bodies to pull that off. But those young players have to develop there. There's enough of them that some of them will hit. That's my prediction is that some of them will be and they'll be good enough there. And we've got T. Frank favorite Jordan Vandenberg playing there. So what yep. else do you need, T. Frank? That is it for quarter number two. Stick around. Quarter number three. We're going to take your questions. We're going to ask T. Frank. Stay tuned. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.